Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And we're talking about the secret to stopping taking the poison in your toxic relationship. And it is a secret, trust me on this. And it's intimately related to letting go, which was the past episode. So if you didn't hear that episode, you might want to tap into it, but I'm gonna do a light review as I introduce the topic here. So what is the poison? A toxic spouse will find a number of ways to poison us, but the heart of the poison is that they either are supporting us in our illusion about what the relationship is, or they are gaslighting us into their illusion of what the relationship is. Those are kind of the essences of the poison. The poison is that in some way, we've become disconnected from our values, our principles, the things that we really care about, because we're believing that something is happening that's different than what's happening, either because we've got a fantasy or they're gaslighting us or both, right? Because sometimes people can gaslight us because we want to believe them. And the reason we want to believe them is sometimes we haven't let go. We haven't let go of the dream that we created with that person when we first met them. We haven't let go of the hopes that someday it's going to change. Or maybe we haven't let go of being comfortable with the kind of pain that we're in. And I know that sounds ridiculous. And if you listen to the last episode, you'll understand what I mean by that. But in a nutshell, as human beings, we're comfortable with what we're used to. If you grow up wearing jeans your whole life, you're always gonna be comfortable wearing jeans unless you radically change that. If you grow up in a household where there's a certain kind of abuse or toxicity going on, you're gonna be comfortable when something that feels similar to that shows up. And so letting go involves letting go of the dream and letting go of the comfort with the toxicity. I'm not going to go over that all over again, but what I am going to do is relate that to communication. The way that the, what's familiar is communicated is in communication, and there are different kinds of communication. There are words, there are actions, there is body language. Um, there are, what else are there? I'm just thinking there's uh, what we see, what we experience, and what we hear. We'll stick with that for now. And our managing that communication is tricky, right? Because when something's familiar, we tend to see the world through the lenses that we're wearing. So in order to change that communication, we need to take off the lenses we've been wearing first. How you take off the lenses you've been wearing first, you become willing to step out into a different kind of relationship. You start to put filters in the relationship that you're having with the person. So let's talk about how those filters and those changes happen. First, let's talk about our own view of reality. Our own view of reality may be that this is okay, this is all right, that it's temporary, that it's gonna go back the way that it was, or it might be that we feel that we have no hope and that there's no way that we can ever leave it. It might be that we're not even thinking about it. It might be that we're so enrolled in our anger and our 
fear that we're not seeing the possibility of forward motion. This is like pretty typical of people who are in toxic relationships. They are so stuck and they're so desperate to have it work that they don't see the way forward. And so part of letting go is going to have to do with part of our communication is going to have to do with letting go. And part of letting go is going to have to do with identifying where are the pain points, what are the things we're afraid of, what are the things we're angry about, and how willing are we to get off of, change, adjust that situation. Now, for many people, what stops us from moving forward is the fear of what's in front of us. We're afraid that if we leave the situation that we're in, it's gonna be even more painful and so what drives us forward is when the pain of where we are becomes so great that it is greater than the pain of change. That sounds pretty hopeless, but there are ways that we can up that. If you, if you find that you're in an abusive relationship or a toxic relationship, and in one of the previous episodes, we identified that that's a situation where you feel that in some way you are less than when you're around them, you're unha consistently unhappy, you're uh, unheard, people don't hear you, you're, um, you, maybe you're compromising your values and your principles, to make the relationship work, to protect your children, whatever's going on. If, those, if you see that those things are going on, you can put physical space between you and the other person and start to explore it, start to explore that pain. And as you explore it and understand what the roots of it are and become willing to release and let go, that is when you can shift and change your communication. But until you're ready, to move from the pain of where you are through the pain of change, that's not gonna happen. And get the change is gonna be painful. Anytime that we, we, we have trouble envisioning where we're gonna go when the pain of where we are is comfortable and the pain of change appears to be too much. Once we start to become willing to release the pain of where we are and the anger and the fear and the frustration, and we can start to see that place that we wanna go, there's still the pain of actually changing. Right. And in the letting go episode, we talked about how um, what we come up against is we have a story about ourselves. We have a story about them. We have a story about ourselves today. And what, when we decide that we want to change, we've decided to change our story. Our story about ourselves is I'm someone who's in a toxic relationship. I'm in this toxic, I've been here for a while. I'm, I don't see a way out. And then we're changing the story too. I'm someone who's in a toxic relationship. I see a way out and I want to get over there. But the pain is I want instead of I move. And then as we start to move towards it, the story changes to I'm leaving a toxic relationship and becoming someone who doesn't have a toxic relationship in their life. And then when we get there, it's like I used to be someone who was in a toxic relationship, but today I'm building healthy, strong relationships in my life. Now, the trick to moving from I'm in a toxic relationship and I can't see a way out is to start to see a way out and imagine yourself as that person who is already in that place. And so this is uh, the best description I've heard of this is that first we need to stop being the person that we are. 
Then we need to struggle with where we are versus where we want to be. There's a struggle that happens. It's a spiritual struggle because it means changing all of our connections within ourselves and other people. That's what spirit, spirituality about. Spiritually, spirituality is about something that's in many places at the same time where that changes many aspects of our lives in one moment. That those are when multiple connection changes, always spiritual. Multiple locations, always spiritual. And so in that struggle, that struggle between who I am, the person who's in the toxic relationship, and who I am, that person in the future who no longer engages in toxic relationships, it's out of that struggle is where the action comes. Is this making sense to you? I hope so. In that struggle comes the new place that we're going to be. And we are going to submit ourselves to the thing that we want. Who is, what kind of person am I who is not in a toxic relationship, who used to be in a toxic relationship, but no longer permits myself to be there? Who am I person? We're going to submit all of who we are to that person, and we're going to release the person we were, the person, who, the story about ourselves, I'm a person in a toxic relationship. We need to come from, I am a person who has healthy relationships and who knows how to insulate themselves from toxicity, who knows how to protect myself and my children from toxicity. That's who I am. We need to live in that personality. And I may not know how, but I'm gonna discover how by being, submitting myself to that personality. And believe me this, that person exists. It exists because you can imagine it, you can see it, you can taste it, because you're so uncomfortable being the person, the story that's in a toxic relationship, that you're ready to jump the heck out into being someone who's happy, someone who's joyful, someone who's who can relax, someone who's true to their values, someone who's authentic, someone who feels safe and secure and creates a safe space for them and their children. And the next step is to strike, to take the action, to come from being that person. And that's where our communication on three levels starts to shift. We, when we strike as the person who is no longer going to allow toxicity into our life, we begin to hear the gaslighting because the gaslighting shows up as a story that has nothing to do with the story that we're living in. Gaslighting is only effective for people who have a story about being in a toxic relationship. Gaslighting is ineffective for people who have a story about being independent, authentic, and free. Now, that sounds a little existential, and it is, but it's also very real. When you see yourself as that person who creates strength and safety for their family, gaslighting no longer has the same impact on you, and you will find ways to stop it. You'll find stop it by saying, hey, it might be as simple as you don't recognize it as gaslighting, but they're talking to you and you feel uncomfortable. And you're like, you know what? I need to take some time out because I'm a little uncomfortable. And then you go and you process it. You process it as a person who doesn't permit toxicity in their life and find out what was uncomfortable about that. How did it not jive with who you are as a person who is whole, complete, authentic, and doesn't permit toxicity in their life. And as you identify that, then you can return, reframe and return to that conversation and reject it. So part of the communication is 
I do not permit gaslighting. I do not permit criticism of who I am. No matter how insidious or hidden it may be, I do not permit it. I do not permit you're angry. Good. You go be angry. I don't permit that in my space. I'm going to go take a time out. I'll come back and talk to you when things are more chill. I'm feeling angry. I'll come back to you when I'm feeling better. It might be that that person is not capable of communicating to you any other way. And in that case, you're going to communicate with them by email. Because in email, you have time to process what they're saying to you. You don't fall under this Houdini Svengali like spell that they're, they're laying on you with their toxicity. But as you get distance from them, as you live in that story of, I am not someone who receives this, it will become clearer and clearer the kinds of communications. And you're gonna to start to see that they're not unknown to you, that there have been other people who had those kinds of communications with you. And what's really central to this is you need to be prepared if you're really ready to embark on this journey of altering communication. You need to be prepared to do what is required. It isn't a case of, I'm gonna try and change my story so that I can protect my kids. It's a case of, I no longer receive this and I will do whatever is required to keep myself safe and my children. And will you backslide? Heck yeah, especially in the beginning. But that's not what's important. What's important is that you continue to process, continue to imagine yourself as that person. How can you do that? Look for heroes and role models who have rejected toxicity and recovered from it. These could be real or imagined people, people who uh, came out of abusive situations. You know, a great role model is Martin Luther King Jr., who led people, led his people out of abuse into a reality that had more opening and where that dream that he had could start to come to fruition. Not that it changed like that, but it's a great example of someone who was living the dream, who was behaving as the dream without violence, uh, without anger, being vulnerable and moving forward and rejecting any conversation that was not in alignment with that vision. Or another example might be, um, who can I think of? Hurricane Carter. Hurricane Carter uh, was a boxer who went to jail and wouldn't accept that he was being put in jail. Or he accepted that he was being put in jail, but wouldn't accept that he was a prisoner. It's like a fascinating story about someone who went through the whole experience and came out stronger for it. Or even Nelson Mandela. Now, you want to read stories like this of overcomers, Joan of Arc. You want to read stories of overcomers and how did they do it and identify with them emotionally. You may not be them, but you can identify with what their pain was and what was the shift they went through and imagine yourself as having that kind of shift. Start to build that character within yourself and create the space that you need within yourself to identify any communication that doesn't fit in that model and reject it or not allow it to filter through. And it may be, again, a case of... of uh, first, you have a filter that's you have a net that allows smaller stuff through, and then you create a tighter net and a tighter net until only the good stuff can come in and the bad stuff never does. And that is the secret to communicating with a toxic personality so that it works for you.
so that you can create a win-win is only letting in the positive and only speaking positive into them because being critical of them and attacking them isn't going to help. Always meeting them and seeing them as their best self. Those kinds of communications are going to work, whether you need to do it in writing, whether you need to do it in person. And your body language needs to reflect it. When you're, if your body language becomes defensive, if you feel yourself shutting down, it's time to step out. If your body language is strong and authoritative, you're in a good place. If it's angry and attacking, not so good. So part of it is really monitoring where you are, what you're experiencing, and how you come across to the other person. Communication is everything. And so let me, last of all, let me share some lessons. I was just teaching a parent ed class and we were talking about the power of I statements. So one way to disarm a toxic person is to express your feelings in an I statement. And so instead of saying, you always do that, it makes me feel so angry, you might say, I feel so angry when you do that thing because it's really triggering for me or it reminds me of something from my childhood or whatever. Uh, speaking in I statements, super powerful. It's taking your power back. It's owning that it's my feeling, that my feeling is okay, even if it is being triggered by circumstances beyond my control. Even if those circumstances maybe have nothing to do with the feeling itself, it's still my feeling and it's okay for me to have it and express it. Right? That's number one. And number two is something we call um, reflective uh, listening or hearing, listening, reflective listening. And that's where you look for one fact or one and one feeling that the other person is expressing and you reflect it back to them. Wow, it sounds like, going back to what I said, it sounds like you, know, you feel really uh, angry when X happens because it reminds you of Y. And the fourth piece might be, when can we talk about this? Or there may be, not be a fourth piece, it might be simply enough to say those three things and let them know that you hear them. And if they say, well, part of that's true, but part of it isn't, that's okay. So they say, well, that's true. I do feel angry, but it's not because of A and B, it's because of C and D. And then you say, oh, all right, I get it now. You're angry because of C and D. And they go, yes, you're right. And they feel heard and it will disarm the other person. So those are some tools that you can use. But let me be really clear, those tools are useful but they're only 100% effective when you live in the space of the story of a person who does not receive toxicity nor dishes it out, right? Because let's face it, the world is our mirror. All right, that's an awful lot about this today. Look forward to seeing you on the next Rich in Relationship. And as always, if you'd like to have a private one-to-one -one with me to have a strategy call, you can reach me at bit.ly forward slash end the fight, E-N-D-T-H-E-F-I-G-H-T, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash end the fight, or you can email me, direct me, rich at richinrelationship.com. And thank you for your time. Mm -hmm.